Hello listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Activate God's Purpose. I'm so very happy you're here. It's always a privilege to be able to speak to people, to have you listen to what I have to say, what my experiences are, what my thoughts are on God. And I don't take it lightly that you're here today. So I thank you very much and God bless you. Today I want to share on do not be shaken. Keep your eyes on God. In Psalm 23 verse 6 it says, So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. That's Psalm 23, verse 6. Why do you fear the future? Why do I fear the future? It's because in our humanity, we don't like the unknown. We like to know things. We like to have a handle on things. We like to be in charge. We like to be in control. And when we don't know what's happening, when we're not in charge, and when we don't have all the answers. We become fearful. We become anxious. We always want to know the future. I mean, there are movies that have been created about time travel, that's pursuing the future, wanting to know what's ahead, what decisions to make for whatever's ahead, uh, what choices to make for whatever's ahead. All these things pertaining to life, we want to know. Sometimes we want to know genuinely because, you know, we want to plan towards the future. Other times it's really out of fear and anxiety and control. And here in, the, in Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love, that is, God's goodness and love, pursue me all the days of my life. Imagine that. Instead of fearing the future, instead of fearing what's ahead, we change that thought to for your goodness, God's goodness and love, God's love. Pursue me, pursue us all the days of our lives, all the days of my life. Think on that for a minute instead of being afraid of the future. Think on God's love constantly pursuing you. God's goodness constantly pursuing you, chasing you, coming after you. Being there for you every single step of the way. God's goodness and love coming after you, not you chasing God's goodness and God's love, but he, God, chasing after you with his goodness and with his love, regardless of who you are. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Some Bibles say sound mind. For God didn't or did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. 
So if you're feeling fearful right now, if you're feeling anxious right now, God did not give you that spirit. God does not pursue you with fear. God does not feed you with fear. If anything, he always says, fear not, for I am with you. So he pursues us with his goodness. He pursues us with his love. And he says, I did not give you that spirit of fear. What I did give you is a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. And again, some Bible says, sound mind. So God gives us the spirit of a sound mind, not of fear. So wherever your anxiety is coming from, wherever your fears are coming from, wherever my anxiety is coming from, wherever my fears are coming from, they're not from God. The source is not God. God pursues us with goodness and love. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. So you see, it's not from him. It doesn't come from God. It's coming from somewhere else. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? It's, it's not asking if, if, if. What it's really saying is that God is with us. What it's really saying is, if you know that God is with you, and you know that God is your fortress, God is your refuge. God is your shelter, your shield and your buckler, your secret hiding place. Then you understand who can possibly be able to defeat or conquer you. Because when God is your fortress, they're going to have to go through him first to get to you. So he says, do not fear for I am with you. Again, we're talking about do not be shaken. Keep your eyes on God. He pursues us with his goodness. He pursues us with his love. He pursues us with his protection. And he says, all the days of my life, all the days of our lives. Again, that's in Psalm 23 verse 6. He pursues us all the days of our lives, not just one day, not just one second, not just one minute, not just one month or a year. Many in life will pursue us. They'll come after us. They'll act as though they're good. They'll act as if they've come to stay, but they don't stay. They were either fooling us, playing games on us, or, and they never had good intentions. Or they tried, but their own purpose, their own calling, or their own life's journey took them elsewhere. They may have been well-meaning, but they just couldn't walk the path we were or are walking. And then there are others who come to just destroy. But God does not come to destroy us. He comes to pursue us with his goodness and his love. So keep your eyes on him. Do not be shaken. In Psalm 38 verse 10, it says, Come to the Lord in times of anxiety. 
Are you feeling anxious right now? Are you feeling as though everything is crumbling around you? Many, many of us are feeling that way. Many people all over the world are feeling that way. But God says, he says, come. Psalm 38 verse 10. Come to the Lord in times of anxiety. This is a good time to come to God. This is a good time to know him. This is a good time to ask him if, if indeed he can shield you, if indeed he can protect you, if indeed he can heal you. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Why am I including the scripture? You find that when you take your eyes off God, when you take your eyes off Jesus, when you take your eyes off the Holy Spirit, when you take your eyes off the walk you've been walking with him, and it may not have been a perfect walk, but at least you're walking with him. When the storms come and the challenges come, we tend to deviate. We tend to seek healing. We tend to seek love. We tend to seek comfort in other things, in people. And no matter how long we've walked with God, how long we've been with him, no matter how many scriptures we know or don't know, no matter what our experiences are, there are times when we, we, you know, we turn from him and we decide to fulfill our carnal nature. We decide to fulfill our desires. We decide to say, you know what, God, this is not working. This relationship with you is not working. You don't answer my prayers quickly enough. I don't think you feel my pain. I don't think you understand my pain, God. I don't think you understand the depth of my sadness. I don't think you understand the depth of my depression. I don't think you understand the trauma and the agony I'm going through right now. So this is what I'm going to do. I will take matters on my own hand. I will go and seek pleasure. I will go and seek healing. I will go and do something that makes me happy. Even though I know that it's something that is not according to your will, not according to your purpose, not according to your word. I just want to go crazy right now. So let me be God. And so we slip back into our old ways of living to satisfy our own desires because we feel that God doesn't understand. In Psalm 119 verse 71, it says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. So the psalmist is saying, you know what? It's good this stuff happened to me. It's good that I went through the deep waters. It's good that the storms came. It's good that I fell. It's good that some people did not like me. It's good that some people treated me badly. It's good that I had to face these challenges, these mountains and valleys. It's actually good because if these things had not happened, I wouldn't have realized what it meant to come back to God, to be with God. I wouldn't value 
the word of God. I would not value God. I would not value his words. I would not value Jesus. I would not value the Holy Spirit. So it's good that I was afflicted. Affliction brought me strength. Affliction brought me understanding. Affliction brought me wisdom. And because of that wisdom and understanding that I now have in God, I can stand firm. I know that all I need to do is keep my eyes on him. So let the storm blast and let the winds blast and let the tongues wag and let the name calling begin. Let the, you know, if I fall, I'm going to get up again because I know he's there to catch me when I stumble. Keeping my eyes on him. What I should not do is slip back into my old ways to satisfy my own desires. What I should do is remember that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. And again, some Bibles say he has given me the spirit of a sound mind. That's what I need to hold on to, not my fleshly desires, not the quick fixes, not the quick answers. I also have to remember that if God is for me, who can be against me? So what is the challenge in your life right now? What is it that's pushing you to go back to your old desires because you feel like God is too late? God isn't coming quick enough. He's not coming quickly enough to help you. And so you're, you feel shaken and your eyes have been taken away from him. And you're looking at other things and you're looking towards people and not upwards to God. Remember the affliction can only destroy you if you allow it to. You always have the choice to turn back to God. You may have given in to those fleshly desires. That's human. That's normal. It shouldn't be the norm. Not if you walk in God. But we've all done it before where we, we, we just become so exhausted, so fatigued. And so the slightest uh, uh, touch or smell or feel of pleasure, we succumb because we just feel like it's for this one minute, this one second or five minutes or one hour, however long it lasts, this couple of days or the next few months, I just want to, you know. Remember to come back to God. Remember that there's divine purpose waiting for you. Remember that the world is waiting for you. Remember that you're here for a reason. And God has that reason. And he is the one to turn to for that reason. Remember that you matter to God. In Isaiah 41 verse 13, he says, for I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. This is God talking. This is not a human being talking. This is not your pastor, your bishop, your father, your husband, your wife, your child, your friends, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or whoever or whatever. This is God himself speaking. 
Isaiah 41 verse 13. For I am for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Not only will I speak to you, but I will take hold of your right hand and I will say to you, do not fear. I, I give you my word. I am that I am. I, God, will help you. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And that's what he wants to do. That's why in Psalm 23, verse 6, he says, he says, for your goodness and love, pursue me all the days of my life. That's why he says, I will take your hand and I will say to you, do not fear. I will help you. Don't turn back to your old ways. Don't turn back. Don't go back to your vomit. And if you do slip up, get back up because I'm here speaking to you, ready to hold your hand, ready to deliver you, ready to save you. I, God, will help you. Why? So that Romans 15 verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. He wants to fill you with all joy and peace. So you might be shaken right now, but come back to him. Your eyes may have gone astray elsewhere. Your eyes being your focus, your eyes being your heart, your thoughts, your spirit. Moved away from God and moved towards people, towards things, towards things that quick fixes. We want everything to be a quick fix nowadays. The microwave lifestyle. We want it now. And how we want it, when we want it, with who we want it, why we want it, all of it. Even if it means taking God out of the picture. But it says, don't, First Peter chapter 1, verse 14, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Some of the questions that I asked myself that helped me in these times when I slipped up or when I wanted to slip up, I would say to myself, who am I? Because I got so sick and tired of being confused and lost and hurt and making bad decisions and bad choices. And I, I honestly just didn't want to keep going down that path of following my own desires and then ending up getting really, really hurt, really hurt. And so I would ask myself, who am I? Who do I want to be? Do I know? What have I become? Why do I do the things that I do? When I look at my life, is it where I really want it to be? Is there more to me? Am I going to find out? 
And when I find out, what am I going to do about it? Ask yourself the real questions. Ask yourself the questions that matter, the questions of life. Life is spiritual. Life is not physical. Ask God for your answers. He has them. In Psalm 147 verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So instead of doing what is done in 1 Peter 1 verse 14, which is, it says, sorry, 1 Peter advises us, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 advises us to not slip back into our old ways of living to satisfy our own desires. So what we should do instead is do as Psalm 147 verse 3 says. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Let's come back to God. Let's face Him. Let's lay it all down before Him. This God who pursues us with His goodness and His love every single day. Let's have hope in Him. Let's allow Him to fill us with His joy and His peace. Let's allow Him to heal us, the brokenhearted, and bind up our wounds. Allow God to touch you in, a spirit, in your spirit, in that place where nobody else, nothing else can touch you, nothing else can reach, nothing else, nobody else can fill or fulfill. But He can. Let God heal your broken heart. Don't slip back into your old ways. Allow yourself to be embraced by his goodness and love that pursue you every day. In Romans 8, chapter 28, it says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. He works for the good of those who love him. Love God or come back to God, your first love. And if you haven't loved him before, begin to love him. And what does God do apart from pursuing us with his goodness and love? Apart from filling us with his hope, his joy, and his peace, apart from healing our broken hearts and binding our wounds, what does he do? He begins to make things work together for our good. He begins to make good things come together for us. He begins to make purpose come together for us. Keep your eyes on him. Let's not turn to other things, turn to other ways. Let's be steadfast in our pursuit of God. Let's be steadfast in our faith, in our love for him. 
and he will work everything out for us according to his purpose. Find out from him what your divine purpose is. God has a way of bringing it all together, no matter what your affliction, your challenges, your sin, your past, your present, your future. He has a way of pulling it all together and making it good and beautiful and wonderful. And you will rejoice. Psalm 16 verse 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's where we want to get to. That's the posture. That's the stand and the stance that we want to take. Keeping our eyes always on the Lord. With him at our right hand, walking through this life daily, knowing that. With him at our right hand, we will not be shaken. Because he has said to us, he has promised us, remember? Isaiah 41 verse 13, he says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. In Psalm 16 verse 11, he says, the psalmist says, you make known to me the path of life. You make known to me, O God, the path of life. Maybe you've seen a little bit of that path of life that God has made known to you. Continue on that path. And if you should divert from that path, Come back and say, make known to me, O God, the path of life. Give me the strength and the power to stay on it. And if you don't know and have never experienced this path of life that the psalmist is talking about, that he discovered in God, ask him what this path of, path of life is. How does it work? Where does it lead to? Why do I need God's path of life? Why do you need God's path of life? Why does the world need God's path of life? Why do our children, our mothers, our fathers, our brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, pastors, whoever, why do we need God's path of life? Why do we need to keep our eyes on him, on this path? And sometimes we don't have the answers. Sometimes we don't hear what God says or we're not quite sure. But if you read John chapter 13, verse 7, the Bible says, Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. If you read that story, it's pertaining to another matter, but I like 
what Jesus is actually talking about. I like what that statement covers. It covers the fact that there are times when we don't realize what God is doing. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing. We don't know what Jesus is doing. We don't know what they are about. We don't have the full picture. But Jesus encourages us to stay on that path of life. He says, I know you don't get it right now. I know you don't see the full picture, but you don't have to because I'm holding your right hand. I've told you, don't be afraid. And I mean, I mean it. I've told you, I will help you. And I mean it. He says, I know you don't understand right now. Well, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they can't give us the full picture. Actually, they can't, but they will not because we can't handle it. It's actually for our own good. It's too divine. It's too big. What we should do is continue to be in him and to walk in him. The Bible says, deep calleth unto deep. Iron sharpeneth iron. So therefore, as we keep, and that God reveals the mysteries, the secret things. But we have to go deeper in him. We have to walk deeper. And as we go through these afflictions, as we walk this path of life, and we, we, we confront challenges, as we conquer them, as we grow in God, as we grow in the word of God, as we grow in Jesus, as we grow in the Holy Spirit, we begin to gain understanding. That's why Jesus said, but later you will understand. In Psalm 59 verse 16, he says, you are my fortress, my place of protection in times of trouble. I want to leave that with you. Allow God to be your fortress, your place of protection in times of trouble. Don't slip back. Don't go backwards. Don't turn away from God. Keep your eyes, your focus on this God who pursues you every day of your life with his goodness and his love and who has promised you a sound mind and who has promised you that he will hold your right hand and that he will help you. Remember Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. There's a divine purpose for you. There's a divine plan, a divine blueprint, a divine agenda by God, of God, from God for you. So keep your eyes on him. Let him be your fortress. Let him be your place of protection. Allow him to hold your right hand. Allow God to help you. God bless you. God bless you. Do not fear. If you feel like writing, please feel free to do so. At activate God's purpose at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at activate God plan. 
or Instagram at Activate God's Purpose or www.activategodspurpose.com. Remember, God's goodness and love pursue you all the days of your life. Find your protection in Him. Let Him be your fortress. Let Him hold your right hand and let Him work out the good things for you. God bless you. God keep you. God give you wisdom. God give you understanding. In Jesus' name, I'll talk to you again. God bless.